Burroughs Furniture is built for the way you live. From ensuring easy assembly and disassembly to honoring highly requested new colors for their award-winning seating, they always have their customers in mind. Their modular seating is made out of durable materials to last and grow with you. And with Burrow, you always get fast, free shipping. Get up to 60% off during Burrow's Memorial Day sale at burrow.com slash ACAST. That's burrow.com slash ACAST. Burrow.com slash ACAST. Hey, Sandro! Oh. Hey, Sandro! Oh, hey, Jack! It's, it's us, the, the, the Magwai Show, all the better Magwai. We're ready, boo boo So. Oh, jeez, Rick. I'm, I'm really... <laughs> <laughs> Don't listen to the movie after midnight. Something, something. What? Uh, Don't no, listen no, to no. the movie after midnight? <laughs> I was going to say podcast, but I went movie for some reason. I don't, I don't know. Hello, and welcome to Oldie Witty Goody, the show where we do bad impressions and worse intros. Um, this week, we're reviewing Gremlins. I'm joined once again by Sandro. Yeah, hey, what's up? And this week, we've got, of course, our special guest who said he would come on this week, so I'm not even going to preface it with any other jokes. It's Rob Lloyd. <laughs> Happy to be back talking about this incredible film. Uh, but just before we, we continue, you must do your Mogwai impression because we've both done it. Bye, Billy. Excellent. Perfect. That is that that is thirty years over thirty years of practice. Okay. <laughs> Perfect. Absolutely brilliant. Gremlins. This was fun. Yeah. This was good. You're going out on a limb already. I'm gonna die on the hill that this movie is fun. <laughs> now you watched it last night. Is that how long has it been since you've seen it? Uh, I haven't seen this since I was probably 12, right. so mm. about 11, no, hang on, how old am I? Yeah, about nine years. <laughs> how old am I? Got I'm that wrong. Wait a minute. Um, about nine years, but I never really liked the first one when I was growing Ooh. up. I was always Gremlins 2. I always went to Gremlins 2 when I was younger, and I really Ooh. like watching this by itself, because I think it's better. I think I'm going to go and say it. Wow. It's better than Gremlins 2. Nine years of thinking that two's better. I'm saying it now. He's changed his mind. I'm changing my opinion. I think Gremlins is a better film, but Gremlins 2 is one of the best statements in cinema ever about someone mm. like Joe Dante just said look I don't want to make a sequel but he said if I get to make this I'll do it the way I want to so it's sending up what sequels are it's like taking away all the threat and the horror of the franchise and just you know breaking narrative being incredibly <laughs> yeah. meta and just using the gremlins to literally destroy the machine within which is the film so that's true yeah but yeah the first one has that threat has that horror creates this you know this takes this urban legend that was created in world war ii of the gremlins and turns it into this modern mythology which is which is which it became for quite some time um yeah it's 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 i think it's a wonderfully put together film and joe dante is such a great director such a very good fun director Mm -hmm. but understands how to hit the horror of things and the, the the drama of things really well. Now, Zach, this is your second time watching it over the course of the last, like, year, isn't it? I I watched it 
uh, last year. And I already forgot how horrifying it was. <laughs> it's really horrifying, isn't it? It is. Yeah. It is a horror movie, and you just sort of forget that. You're like, oh, yeah, Gremlins, that's a funny, funny comedy movie. Funny, fun times. Have yep. fun. And then you get the scene in the kitchen, and you're like, oh, hang on a second. Uh, yeah, uh, for, me, it's, for me, it's the fact that the Gremlins have become fucking cop killers. They just take out, oh, a, yeah, they take out two cops, and they're going, and they just laugh at it. And they're, they're, going, they're, they're, they're bad guys. They're bad guys. They're bad boys. They're bad yeah. boys. One of them's a flasher. That's a cabin. <laughs> and gets kicked in the non existent nuts as he deserved. Yeah. But what was your journey with this movie, Rob? When did you first watch it? What did you think of it? How has it grown on you? Well, as being, you know, being the token old bastard, you know, this was, a, this <laughs> was. This is my childhood, so I remember it when it first came out, and the excitement and the and the the word of mouth that was going around. But uh, as a kid, I was very you know, as we talked about with the Ghostbusters episode, I was a very nervous kid. I got very scared very easily. So mm. Slimer Ooh. freaked me out in certain ways, and so the Gremlins as well was very much a case of you know how you categorize it in your head about the horrors that are happening so for me i was never really horrified by the gremlins being killed in the kitchen because i'm there going these are bad creatures they're gonna hurt you know billy's mom and she's awesome and the fact that she uses her domesticity to kick the ass of these gremlins I, i i particularly love but stuff like you know um like the guy being attacked in the his arm being ripped apart in the in the letterbox, <laughs> um, the the you know uh, the cops being killed, all these like people running around with gremlins ripping it you know at their faces and stuff like that. Um, that stuff affected me, but it was sort of like how I compartmentalized it as sort of, as a kid was sort of like that was what we used to think. Films were a lot more prone to violence and stuff like that. And because mm. of this film, they actually created a new rating system. Yes, mm. they did. Yeah. Between this and Temple of Temple Doom, of Doom. the two ones that did it. Yeah. Because this, because mm. at this point there was no PG-13. And so it was through mm. the outcry of how this film was rated and marketed towards families that Spielberg, the power of Spielberg just went, well, we've got to create a new rating system. And within a couple of months after Spielberg said you've got mm. to create a new rating system, the American you know classification board just went okay, and bent <laughs> to the power of Spielberg, who just produced this film, but he was at the height of his power, and they created PG thirteen yeah. at the height of his power, <laughs> power, <laughs> unlimited power. The horror aspect of this never really got me when I was younger, compared to Ghostbusters, which did. And I think I've realized why. I saw Ghostbusters when I was eight, nine. I saw this when I was 11-ish. And the thing that's in the middle of that, the thing that has changed me as a person, the thing that changed everything I was scared of was Doctor Who Season 3, Episode 10, Blink, which came out in the middle of when I watched these two. (laughs) (laughs) And therefore, I wasn't scared of anything ever again after Blink, because that just terrified me. (laughs) Everything else never... Yeah, nothing compares to to, uh, The Weeping Angels, so everything else is is, uh, a walk in the park. I found it horrifying now, if it's anywhere else. I was scared. I was like, oh my god! Yeah. These guys are so violent. Very violent. <laughs> Look at that guy's poor arm. Yeah. That guy, his his poor Kentucky Harvester. <laughs> <laughs> it's a Kentucky Harvester. It's a Kentucky Harvester. Kentucky Harvester. But Zach, this wasn't the only... Well, first of all, usually we review movies that came out the week that the episode goes out, but mm. there was only one movie that came out this week, and so you picked this one instead. Mm. The other option for, for this week was Under the Volcano, Popular award-winning movie set in a small Mexican town during Day of the Dead during the 30s. It looks all right, but 
Mm. Yeah, we're gonna get more to talk about with Gremlins. <laughs> I want to watch Gremlins. I want to see. I want to see a little Gizmo. He's going to go, <laughs> and then and then you got the evil Gremlins that go, Wah! yeah, mm. Gizmo. That's that's my full Perf- review, by the way. Perfect. Per- yep, <laughs> great. So it was released June eighth in nineteen eighty four. Yes, opened alongside Ghostbusters. It's very, very, oh so very loosely based off the nineteen forty three novel The Gremlins. It was originally written to be a tie in for a movie during the forties that never got made. I think it was just went through production hell for many years. They had the puppets, everything was ready to go, then production shut down. Oof. And eventually it was picked up now. But it is based off a book that I've never read. Hmm. Uh, but the cover photo looks cool. <laughs> so that's good. <laughs> Great. It is directed by Joe Dante. He's done other amazing films, including the very fun Piranha. He did the Tom Hanks vehicle, The Burbs. I love The Burbs. One of my favourite films. Oh, it's a good yeah. one. Uh, he also did the cult classic Small Soldiers. Never really got to a wide audience. Well, they are pretty small, so, you know, you get it. <laughs> and he also did Brendan Fraser's Looney Tunes he Back did. in Action, which uh, the first time I watched, I got stuck in a room for two hours because the door <laughs> locked in on itself. I oh, couldn't no. get out. That's the only memory really? I've got relating to Back in Action. That type of stuff happens in, like, 90s you know, high school teen romantic comedies and it happened to you in real life? That's amazing. Yes. Did you get locked in there with Seth Green or... (laughs) And he also directed, uh, I think that's what got him this, was he directed one of the sections from uh, the the much um, troubled uh, Twilight Zone movie. He did, yes. Yes, he did. So he, he directed the It's a Good Life uh, reboot, which completely uh, took the original concept, which had Clovis Leachman and um, uh, Will Robinson from <laughs> Lost in Space and made it this surreal, bizarre, macabre, incredible 20-minute uh, um, part of uh, the mm. Twilight Zone movie. Yeah. Most recently, he did a another segment in an anthology movie, uh a horror anthology called Nightmare Cinema came out last year. Very fun. I would recommend it. If you are a horror buff, you're a fan of something like Creepshow, check out Nightmare Cinema. It's great. There's one scene that basically shows you what it would have been like when Anakin killed all those bad ones. It's basically that scene. <laughs> Excellent. Oh my god. But put the screen. It is... It's what I've been looking for. Ridiculously over the top, but also a lot of fun. Um, the movie Gremlins is written by Chris Columbus. This is his second ever writing credit. Woo. Second after Reckless, which we did in in February, that film. Mm. Yep, we watched it. (laughs) (laughs) What a movie. He, of course, went on to write The Goonies, directed Home Alone, first two Harry Potter movies, and Percy Jackson. That's right. Percy who? (laughs) Uh, The superior Harry Potter. Um, How are you you feeling about them doing uh, Percy Jackson on the new series? I'm pretty excited. I mean, the author is involved. I think he's going to be writing slash executive producing, so that's always a good sign. Um, one season a book, which I'm not too sure about, but it could work. It's on mm-hmm. Disney+. Plus. The budget's going to be great. Excellent. Going through the cast, Zach Galligan is Billy Peltzer, his first ever major movie role. He did go on to do Gremlins 2 and two films in a franchise called Waxwork. I've never seen, but the poster looks creepy. Yes, I have. I, I, I got to interview Zach Gallagher a couple of years ago for when I did my 
my YouTube channel, The Con Artist. So I got to sit down with him mm. for about 25 minutes and it's up on YouTube if you want to have a look. Wonderful, wonderful man and really embraced his his fandom and his place within pop culture society. He's still working as an actor, but he leans heavily into the nostalgia of uh, Gremlins and is more than happy to share his stories about working on both films and all that type of stuff. Yeah, wonderful man. Sounds like a cool guy. Yeah, he seems like someone that should show up in Stranger Things or something like that. Like a show that's (laughs) taking those classic 80s, almost child slash teen actors and putting them in like modern day stuff. I'm going to start it, a petition. Get him in Stranger Things 4. Zach in Stranger Mm. Things. Get Zach in Stranger Things. Yeah. Absolutely. Get Billy Peltzer. Get Billy Peltzer in. Yeah. In Stranger Things, just gremlins attack. <laughs> That's what's going to stop the upside down. That's what's going to stop the, you fight fire with fire. Get the upside down, you know, you know, de, you know uh, demigogs or whatever they're called to be attacked by fucking gremlins. It'll be awesome. Uh, do the whole thing where uh, the movie was just a warning about actual real life gremlins, which actually exist. Oh, yeah. And the reason they actually put the movie out <laughs> was to warn people about gremlins, even if no one would believe them. And they have to get the real life Zach to come in to help them actually fight gremlins because he's an expert on them. Playing Billy's dad, Randall, is Hoyt Axton, who has done quite a few movies and TV shows. Perhaps better known as a country artist, Mm. though. He's done a lot of singing and songwriting in the country, blues, all those various genres. I I swear I could listen to him just talk. For probably an hour. Yeah, he's phenomenal. Just a very deep, luscious voice that I was like, oh, wait, he's the dad? Okay. He gets to do a bit of narrating, and I'm like, ah, this is pretty good. This is a great narrator. Oh, it's his dad. Oh, yeah. Far out. The way the whole... I mean, we're going to do it shot by shot, but how it opens with with Hoyt's voice and how the slow motion shots, you know, it started in Chinatown. And it's just this whole... (laughs) Yeah, that 80s mythology, which um, is so... Visceral. I can still remember the how eighties created that mythology of the world in America. That that's what Stranger Things has really latched onto, um, and because it's all real sets, real props, real effects, and stuff like that, it feels a lot more real than the CGI buff we get nowadays. I know I'm sounding like an old man, but there was this sense of verisimilitude to this eighties mythology it was creating. So um, definitely, yeah. yeah. There's just not enough Chinatowns with ancient magical creatures in them nowadays. Like what? They watch. You could what? Like in the eighties, you could believe you could walk into Chinatown and pick up a Mogwai. You could believe you could walk in. You could walk into Chinatown mm. and you know see David Lopan. <laughs> the mum, whose name is Lynn, is played by Frances Lee McCain. She's seen her before. She was also Kevin Bacon's mum in Footloose. So she's oh, of course pop- popping up for the second time this year. We got. Phoebe Cates as Kate. Incredible. She's from The Fast Time at Regiment High. It was also the leading Princess Caribou from 1994, one that I still want to check out. Haven't had a chance to watch that from last year. She's great. Yep, and she is great in uh, Drop Dead Fred. She's the, the lead in Drop Dead Fred. Uh, and then there is also Polly Holiday as Mrs. Deagle. Oh. She's very popular during the 70s in a sitcom called... Alice ended up getting a short-lived spin-off for that show as well called Flo. She's not in this movie much, but when she is, it's fantastic. She makes a great impact. She's so good. Mm. Uh, this also serves as an early role for Judge Reinhold, who's in a couple <laughs> scenes as Gerald Hopkins, the vice president of the bank. He was 
Dr. Neil, Charlie's stepdad in the Santa Claus movie. <laughs> Fantastic. <laughs> you remember that? He showed up in those. He looks the same in this. He yeah. hasn't aged. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, no, he doesn't. He actually doesn't. No, he, he hasn't uh, aged. I don't think he has. I think he's got a painting yeah. of himself up in the, in the, uh, in the attic somewhere. Mm. And he's great in yeah. um, uh, the um, uh, Beverly Hills Cop films. Oh, of course. Yeah, he's really funny. I, I love whenever he's on any scene. He just has that sort of patronizing <laughs> yeah. way about him that he does in Santa Claus and this, where he's like not a bad person, but also a bad person. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and then the neighbor, Mr. Futterman, played by Dick Miller. The great Dick Miller. What's he in? He's in Terminator. A little shop of horrors as well. Another the good one he's, uh, he's done a lot of uh, Joe Dante films so he's also in um, uh, The Burbs he, he returns in Gremlins 2 mm. uh, and the voices for the Gremlins themselves are voiced by some pretty popular people as well Howie Mandel is Gizmo he's a comedian oh, and yes. TV host at the time he had his own show The Howie Mandel Show he did he had a cartoon show called Bobby's World as well, which was this animated show, <laughs> an animated show that I watched when I was in like high school. And he, he did the voice of um, this kid, Bobby, who um, he did his usual Howie Mandel gizmo voice that he also used as Scooter in um, <laughs> in uh, Machine Men, otherwise known as the GoBots in America. Um <laughs> And what I know that was, that was where I was introduced to the uh, Minnesota voice because Bobby's mum had that voice of, oh, Bobby, don't you know? And then she sounded like the entire cast of Fargo. So. Right, okay. (laughs) (laughs) Don't you know? But Frank Welker's there as well? Frank Welker, yeah, he's Stripe. If you don't know who Frank Mm. Welker is, I mean, Scooby Doo, Megatron. Curious George as well. Oh, yeah, I love there. Curious George. Curious George is my jam. And Peter Cullen is there as well as one of the some of the voices of the Gremlins. Uh, Peter Cullen is the voice of Optimus Prime, obviously. Yes, of course. And also Michael Winslow from Police Academy. He does some <laughs> he does some Gremlin voices in there. Oh, of course he does. It's got eighty four percent on Rotten Tomatoes. Audience score of seventy eight. A lot of critics at the time said that it was a lot of fun and it worked as an almost parody of creature picks. But quite a few people didn't like the violence. This is far too violent. My goodness. <laughs> I took my little Timmy to the cinema and he he enjoyed it. Which was bad because it was violent. <laughs> Don't think of the children. Won't somebody think of the children? I, I really enjoyed Shut up, Timmy. You don't know what's good for you. <laughs> uh, uh, 11 million. Cost 11 million. What do you think it made? Well over 100, I reckon. Oh, yeah. Mm. I can confirm that. Well over 100. <laughs> I'm going to go with my, my classic 380. Okay. That's my classic go-to, an 80 score of some sort. I will go with uh, 250. Oh, you're so close. I will say it's closer to Rob, but still a little lower. Ooh. Mm, okay. Uh, I'm going 180. <laughs> <laughs> i got to stick to it, you know? Yeah. Stick to my guns. 230. <laughs> 230. Um. 212. Ooh. Which is about 666 million in today's money. <laughs> wow. That's a, that's a lot of dosh. Yeah, it's quite a that's bit. A, that's a dough or two. Not as much as Ghostbusters, but they were like playing at the same time, so it makes sense that one would shoot a little further ahead. But yeah. Yeah. Definitely one of the highest grossing films of the year, without a doubt. And it's weird because it, it is quite violent and you know quite scary at points, but that was pu- it was pushed more for the family 
uh, kids market, whereas Gremlins, uh, whereas Ghostbusters was pushed to everybody. And I guess because they have tried to reboot Ghostbusters so many times and they have so many spin-offs like, you know, the real Ghostbusters, uh, the extreme Ghostbusters and with, you know, the reboot film and all that type of stuff, whereas Gremlins has stayed very much within the 80s, yeah. Let's go through it. It opens with a voiceover introducing the inventor, the dad who is an inventor. He's in Mm. Chinatown. The bathroom buddy. The bathroom buddy. Think a Swiss army knife, but for the bathroom. Yep. You got your toothbrush, you got your nail clippers, you got your flossing, you got toothpaste, you got everything. Everything that you possibly need. I can hook you up. <laughs> the sound effect when the toothpaste just shoots all over him is so out of place. Uh, uh, it's it's very, uh, very 80s. I love, how, I love how defeated he gets. Like, you see his soul crumble, but he... Get, he keeps on going. I just have to keep. But on he going. keeps going on. He's a, he's a salesman. Because mm. it doesn't matter. Doesn't matter. That's not a problem at all. That can easily be just washed off with some soda water. <laughs> he's in this shop, pitching his product. When he does hear the cute creature noises of a bogwai, Zach. <coughs> yes. Just to set the scene. <laughs> <laughs> and it does it singing. Can you do the singing, Zach? Ah, uh, yeah, I can do a song. <laughs> 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 no, it, I'll take Gizmo isn't sitting there taking requests. <laughs> Absolutely, he yes. isn't there going. Don't forget to tip. Don't forget to tip your waitresses. Oh, crap, oh, crap, <laughs> Anybody want to hear some Led Zeppelin? <laughs> All right, here we go. There's a lady show. <laughs> There's an idea there somewhere. <laughs> Coming soon to Melbourne Fringe 2021. Gizmo sings the hits. <laughs> Yeah, sorry, what? What's happening? Amazing, yeah. And then he's like, I want to buy that thing, so it's good. And the shop owner is like, no, with great power comes great responsibility. I mean, with Mogwai (laughs) comes much responsibility. Which is practically the same thing. Power, Mogwai, same thing. Sure. It's a cool shop, by the way. I like the the aesthetic. And the reveal, the reveal of Gizmo for the first time just from behind, so the silhouette of the head coming up and Mm. you see the hint of the ears. It really just, you know, that whole part of the 80s where you went, you know, we don't have to show everything straight away as opposed to nowadays Mm. when it goes, let's show everything. Let's show the big blue Navi. Let's do it. Yeah. It's like, it it feels a bit more mystical, a bit more like ancient magics and stuff are going on here that we don't know about. These are just things that exist. And the, the mist on the on the screen, so everything's just slightly out of focus and it creates this type of mm. this magical air. You know, you could just walk out into oh, the streets yeah. of any, you know... We don't find out which Chinatown, it's just Chinatown. It's a Chinatown. It's a Chinatown, yeah. One of them. So, I mean, I'm coming from a you know middle-class white man point of view. I don't know if it's... You know, I don't perceive it as offensive, but of course I don't because I'm a white guy and I'm not used to that type mm. of thing. But it seems to be this, you know, just like with Big Trouble in Little China, there seems to be this celebration of the culture and embracing of it and never making fun of it. It may be a little bit exploitive, yeah. kind of like black exploitation is, but um, but yeah, there seems mm. to be this honor of of the of that side of the culture. But yeah, I mean, it's not sixteen candles where the joke is that person is not white. So. <laughs> It's not the worst we've seen. Yeah. yeah, definitely not the worst. It's 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 interesting how like we've got a lot of this love for ancient Chinese culture just being around and it's mystical and you know it has yeah. things that we don't understand sort of thing that's just permeating 
around in cinema and stuff like and, that. It's and the whole point of the film is, look at how white people fuck up everything. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, well, which is a great movie concept, which I think needs to be explored a bit more. Yeah. It's a great concept just going, look, white people just want everything and they just, especially just because I need it. How much money? And it's just, they're going, it's mm. not about, it's like, it is a little jab at, you know, American capitalism and, and consumerism oh, yeah. as part of just respecting what's in nature and respecting the balance of whatever it is. And, mm. And yeah, I, I so maybe oh, yeah. I'm looking a bit too much into it, but I think that's quite cool. No, I, th- I think like literally all of the white people are just obsessed with money. Yes, that's like ninety percent of their thing in the movie. He works at a bank. Yeah, he's an inventor trying to make it big. Like he's a salesman, that sort of thing. They're all about money and you know getting to the top. That yeah. sort of thing. Whereas Mogwai, he just wants some chicken, <laughs> um, and he wants to be a ra- he wants to be a race car driver. Yeah, want to flash some people. Ah, uh, wait, that's Gremlin. <laughs> Wrong one. Mm. Uh, uh, we do get the rules at this point as well. There are yeah. three very important rules. Mm. Rule number one: keep him out of the light. He will die in direct sunlight. Especially sunlight. He hates sunlight. Wait, wait half an hour before hopping in a pool after you've eaten. <laughs> that's 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 one of the important rules. That is actually a myth, by the way. That's just a nonsense. For getting in a pool after eating? Yeah, yeah, that it's good. Yeah. It's a complete myth. You can just yeah. eat it. You can eat a sandwich. You won't die by going in the water. <laughs> Funny fact. I mean, maybe if you go to like an all you can eat and completely stuff yourself, probably don't. I mean, yeah. ma- maybe you might have trouble swimming after that. You know, <laughs> yeah. you're a bit, you know, yeah. And then rule number three, the most important rule, the rule you can never forget, no matter how much he cries or how much he begs, never, never feed him after midnight. Mm. Mm. You got it? Yeah. Good luck. <laughs> I'll keep an eye on my digital clock to make sure <laughs> that nothing goes wrong. We go to the main town. There's a giant poster for Rockin' Ricky Rialto, <laughs> and his tagline is, whips out the oldies on something, something, something FM. Whips out the oldies. Whips out the oldies. Oh, yeah. we got to whip him out. It's meant to be. Slap him on the table. Yeah. That's what we do with our oldies all the time. Absolutely. Whip him out, slap it on the table. There we go. That's what I do. I'm like, hey, look, it's a copy of Crackers. Slap it on the table. There's an oldie for you. Whip out my my Mogwai. It's Christmas. This film takes place during Christmas. It's the original Christmas movie. That That and Die Hard. Classic Christmas movies. Bailey's there. His car is frozen. It won't start. His neighbor comes over. He's car racist. Uh, he doesn't like anything that's not an American car. Unless it's a Connecticut Harvester. You a know. Kentucky Harvester. Oh, Kentucky, sorry. That's a Kentucky Harvester. And that's where we get the first hint of um, the mythology of gremlins. Because, you know, gremlins, they mess with machines. Probably a couple of gremlins in your car going, that's right. going about messing with the engine, you know? That's right, yeah. It's just what they do. Just like, gremlins. this isn't a Kentucky Harvester. we got to break <laughs> this thing down. We want some Kentucky Fried Chicken. We'll like it. Mm. Am I right? Mm. Hey, hey. Oh, yeah, they are a fan of that. They are a fan of chicken. They're a fan of Kentucky Fried Chicken? Kentucky Harvesters? Oh, my God. It's a conspiracy. <laughs> oh, the scene where um, Billy is walking to work with his dog and you just pass by shop after shop of very faded, dirty signs. You don't know exactly what the restaurant is, what they're selling. But then you walk past Burger King. It's completely <laughs> clean. It's just, mm. it's very bright. Yeah, yeah. It's good. Love product What do you mean? 
I I I I didn't notice the 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 giant sign saying Burger King. I didn't I didn't see that one. <laughs> I was just rewatching uh, Iron Man. I got it on 4K, and so there's the the famous scene where I when um Robert Downey Jr. Tony Stark comes back from, you know his uh his, his misadventures, and he says first thing I want to do is have an American cheeseburger, and then I want to do a press conference. And what cheeseburger does he have? It's Burger King right there. Burger wow. King. Well, the burgers are better <laughs> at Burger King. <laughs> Jacks. <laughs> At Burger King, yes. Anyway, Mrs. Deagle, she is approaching the bank where Billy and Kate work. The theme tune that plays when she's walking is fantastic. Oh, it's so. Mrs. Deagle's theme is so like Looney Tunes, isn't it? She is just the Dalmatians villain, the like 101 <laughs> Dalmatians. She is Cruella de Vil, yeah. Yeah, she just hates dogs. <laughs> want to want to blend them up, make a nice coat. That's it. That's her whole life goal. Well, the the music's done by Jerry Goldsmith, who's one of the under most underrated, but one of the greatest music composers. I mean, John Williams gets a lot mm. of attention, as he rightly does. He's created some of the most iconic themes, but. Uh, Jerry Goldsmith, uh, right up until his passing, was just an incredible uh, body of work and such a wide range of music as well. Like he did Gremlins, he did a lot of Joe Dante's films, he did Burbs as well, he did Total Recall, which is an incredible soundtrack. Yeah, beautiful piece of music and created that mm. whole element of you know added more magic to this you know this this magical sort of like you know retelling of uh, american folklore yeah the the soundtrack it's quite cartoony but also at times can be kind of cheekily menacing yes Mm. which is yeah it's fantastic it's spot on that's a great way of describing the movie (laughs) cheekily menacing yeah yes that's a very good way of looking at it (laughs) she's angry because billy's dog it ruined her very expensive snowman she wants to kill the dog she's like the dog's bad i want to kill it the dog's like how dare you talk about me like that i'm gonna attack you in front of everyone Mm. get my owner in trouble (laughs) look I don't have any criticisms, but <laughs> I have several criticisms. One, why are you bringing your dog to work? Just just don't. Uh, second, second point, don't bring your dog to work <laughs> if you work at a bank. Very, very good. Very sound. Yep. Yeah. Um, yeah, why? He works at a bank, which is just like one of the least dog-friendly work environments I can think of. Like, Yeah, it's in the top five. Look, look just just don't bring your dog to work. <laughs> I don't know. At the time, I didn't mind it too much because I was like, he lives at home. Like, mm. he doesn't want to leave his dog all alone at this house that he lives by himself I mean, in. Yeah. To be bored, wreck the house. But then you realise he lives with his parents. He's got no excuse. <laughs> I mean... Yeah. So, yeah. Anyway. Like, you could, but you'd, you'd just... You want to make sure he's, like, tied up or something. You want to make sure he doesn't actively attack your boss. You know, there's just a few things you want to make sure the dog doesn't do when you're yep. at work. And this is, yeah, one of the two scenes where we do see Judge Reinhold, where he's telling Billy, look, I wanted a... I wanted to fire you, but the big boss, he thinks you're good. I think you should toughen up a bit. Mm. Be a man. <laughs> it's the 80s. And he's mm. play, yeah, playing a character called Gerald, and they really push the Gerald in this film. Gerald. Every time they say Gerald, it seems like they <laughs> added in a couple of extra syllables. Gerald. <laughs> exactly like that. Exactly <laughs> like that. Yeah, it just pauses the film for four seconds. Yeah. <laughs> Every single time they say it. 
Yeah, every time they mention the name, the whole movie just pauses for a second. Let's cut back to home, though. The dad's back. He's got a gift for Billy. You open it up. It's a little gremlin boy. It's real good. The dog's surprisingly calm. Yeah, 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 yeah. You know, because I feel like the dog's not that bad, just really hates angry boss ladies and fair enough too and fair <laughs> enough too uh yeah barney's pretty cool with uh just this you know new creature in their in, the, in, in their life oh it's one of my favorite moments right at the end where gizmo goes bye woof woof that's great <laughs> yeah. they've really just bonded throughout this entire yeah movie. yeah absolutely uh there's also the quote as well where there's a bright light the mum's gonna take a picture oh no the flash is on and gizmo's like bright light bright light which is a quote that has just stuck around my family yeah ever since we first saw this it's it's right ingrained there, yeah, yeah. Mm. And the the amount of expression they could get out of uh, Gizmo, especially, yeah, just the detail with the eyes and the mouth and stuff like that. They get some really good expression. So when he's worried and concerned, <laughs> powerful expression. Yeah, when he's like <laughs> smug and when he's like dreaming and he rolls his eyes. There's some great moments when Corey Feldman shows up, where you can see just the range of expression they got from this puppet, which was absolutely magical. Yeah, it's awesome. I love it. I mm. love the like. The wah sort of expressions and the yeah. the like happy the little just gizmo waddling about doing his thing. You know? Yeah, yeah. She's like, wah! I'm gonna go over here and do this. Like, I love that stuff. That's it's some of the best stuff in this movie. Is just some of the puppeteering. Mm. It's great. Definitely, it really feels like a character and not just a creature that they mm. use to sell toys like oh yeah it's a proper character and it's so perfectly done gizmo's a wonderful character you can just see straight away he's how curious he is and interested he is Mm. finding out about the world so like he's using 3d glasses he's watching movies Mm. he's you know (laughs) he has this has a sensitivity to him and he's easily picked on by the other gremlins but he doesn't let it get to him he wants to be the adventuring hero (laughs) You, you taught yeah. him how to watch television. <laughs> of course, that's what that's what the white people do. They make they get this mogwai, and what do they do? They teach it to watch television. <laughs> yeah, god damn it! It is kind of annoying though how the whole I guess first ten minutes with Gizmo is just them shining lights on him and then pouring water all over him. Like they're yeah. not taking care of this little guy. It's like, the dad's like, there's three rules, and he lays them out. It's like, cool, all right, let's go break two of them almost immediately. First five minutes, bloody hell, white people, they just don't know what to do, jeez. <laughs> yeah, they're like, don't shine light on him like this, and they shine light on him. <laughs> ah! Oh, right, yeah, don't do that. Don't pour water on him like this, as they pour. Yeah, it just proves why Gizmo should have just stayed safe and sound in his little box, singing his, you know, doing his requests uh, you know, in China, in Chinatown, where whichever Chinatown that may be, Billy he brings Pete over. His pal Pete, quite younger than him, and yeah, Pete just spills drink all over Gizmo, and a bunch of little baby grams fly out quickly. Grow up. Yeah, this looks painful. It does, like, doesn't poor it? Poor little Gizmo. He's yeah. like writhing in pain. Yeah, and he's like beating his hands. His, oh, yeah. Oh gosh, and the and the the bubbling of it, of Gizmo's back. Oh yeah. This brings up. Uh, some of my questions that I have about the Mogwai and how their physiology works. Sure, go ahead. In the natural cycle of things, is this how they... This is obviously how they the 
procreate. They mitosis themselves out with a bit of extra liquid poured in. Oh, well, that sounds like a good way to do it for them. <laughs> is, there, is there a critical mass at which they can do that? Is there a limit to how much water? Oh, we don't see one. They're just like popping out yeah. gizmos left, right, and center, you know? When it comes to the ratio of water, so they take mm. it. It's a big spill of juice onto Gizmo and what, about five are created? Yeah, five. And then they drop one drop of water on it in the lab and one comes mm. out. And then, of course, and then of course, uh, Stripe jumps into the pool and that creates thousands. If you tossed a gremlin into the ocean, would that destroy the world? Yes. <laughs> is my question. Probably. Would that, would that make a continent of, like... <laughs> Pure, solid <laughs> mogwai <laughs> that could destroy the world. That's that's one question I have. What what's the feed me after midnight thing? I need this sorted out because this this yeah. is the most contentious. Bit. Well, that's the thing. Yeah. The t- when does midnight end? Yeah. When, when does midnight end? Because then is that tied to the sun and moon? I think it must be because. Okay, but what happens in the Arctic then? <laughs> For six months of the year. It's sunshine, or six months of the year, it's it's night. Does that mean you can't feed them for six months? Look, these are very important questions, and these are the questions. These are questions I needed answers. And, so, and, and you're not the only one. Society needs these questions answered. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> does that mean they can't survive? Also, does denying them food after midnight, is that denying them their natural life cycle? Because clearly this is their juvenile stage. But then why does gizmo not want to eat i think he's a special case of not wanting to like grow up like he like wants to stay in his juvenile stage whereas the rest of them we clearly see like it's natural for them to want to Mm -hmm. go to the next stage to get to adult form only Mm. only when they're evil though only like because you know gizmo is very much a case of no i'm happy the way i am and i don't really want to get wet you know, I don't want to break the rules because I like the, the good that I give to the world. Yeah. However, when these bad things happen to Gizmo, it creates nothing but, you know, it doesn't create a good mm. Gizmo. There's never yeah, of... it's it's interesting. Yeah. But is is evil their natural cycle, though? Probably. Yeah. Is it wrong to deny them their natural cycle of life in that case? I don't know. Oh, yeah. It's very much a case of, you know, white people fucking it up all over again. So well, I mean, yeah. uh, that's that's definitely, absolutely, I have to agree with that. When Stripe jumps into the pool and creates thousands and thousands of evil gremlins, uh, were they automatically the evolved version of a Mogwai? No, no th- that's very interesting. It shows in the end of um, Stripe is on touching the water... And you see they're growing out of his back and they're growing as tiny gremlins. Which is interesting. Yeah. That both stages can pop out more, but then the different stages. Yes. It's weird. What? How, do, how does a Mogwai work in the wild? Is the real question. <laughs> like, do they destroy ecosystems? How did we stop the Mogwai? How do you stop a Mogwai? Are we all going to die? Is Mogwai the end? <laughs> These are my questions. This is the thing. Up, up, when it's in their natural culture and environment, they exist perfectly, and they have for thousands of years. As soon as us, you know, as soon as Western culture gets a hold of it, we fuck everything up. We don't know. Oh, yeah. absolutely. Yeah. So my theory is that they just live off. They're like an Arctic creature, 
they they like hibernate during the night time. Yeah. And then come out in the the spring or whatever. They they dip their heads in the water. They spew out a whole ton of them. They eat a whole bunch. They evolve into gremlins. They're awful. And then uh, and then they go back. They go back to sleep. <laughs> and and you know the way that people have combated them is they've gotten you know torches and fire and they've 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 reduce their population down to a very few amounts and then you keep them in little lock boxes mm. in your your ancient shops and then white people they f it up yep they, yes they stuff yeah. it all up again release them into nature because surely okay surely after this disaster there's some there's some mogwai that escaped probably there, there's mogwai out there absolutely yeah mogwai mm. out there and i have concerns <laughs> and rightly so Anyway, that's my rant about how we're all going to die. The five new gremlins that have been born, they kind of form their own kind of like gang. Yeah, they do straight away. They knew exactly what they wanted to do. They knew their purpose was to F yep. shit up and um, and just go up against everything. They manipulate Billy. Um, they, they are so, so um, violent and um, intimidating mm. towards Gizmo. They, you know, they, they throw darts at him they oh, throw yeah. him into the garbage chute oh it's horrible it's awful they tie the dog up tie poor old bunny up yeah uh yeah the poor thing he hangs he hangs around for a bit in in the air and i'm like oh that poor doggo in the cold in the cold winter winter weather no oh. and that goes with my theory i think naturally like their natural state is these horrible gremlin things and gizmo has learnt over time to become a good little to control yeah 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 and that's why and that's why Gizmo can't watch TV because as we know TV makes people evil exactly yes it's a yeah. fact but yeah. Gizmo uses it in a positive way he watches all Cary Grant movies and, and learns how to <laughs> drive a Barbie car I've got uh, the quote here and I do quote this directly yum 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 because they're very hungry yep Give me that chicken. Could you repeat that again? Uh, that was. Oh sure, yeah. <clears throat> I'm just. <clears throat> yeah. Yum 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 yum. Take that Shakespeare. And and that's my new ringtone. <laughs> Perfect. They're hungry. Billy looks over. He sees it's half an hour until midnight. He's like, "Yeah, I'll feed you. I'll feed you guys. Why not?" Mm. Gives them some chicken. Giz is like, no thanks. I love the facial expression that Gizmo does as he watches them chow down on some chicken and he's just like, Ugh. <laughs> One, bad manners. Two, I know it's past midnight. This is going to end poorly. Three, ugh. And you can pick up on the fact that it is past midnight as well because during this sequence, Billy and Pete, they showed their teacher Gizmo's mm. ability to make new creatures and created a new mm. one and the teacher has got that in his laboratory and on the clock mm. in the background you see that it's 2.30am. Well, mm. there you go. Ah, I didn't know that. Why the hell is a teacher still at school at 2.30 in the friggin' morning? Well, one of his students just dropped off a creature that can mitosis through water. Well, there <laughs> you go. There you go. It, it's it's What came first, the chicken or the egg? They both came at the same time. Think about farming mogwai to make, like, mogwai sandwiches or mogwai burgers. <laughs> oh, wow. Think about, you just... <laughs> Sorry, I ha I gotta bring this up. Sorry, vegetarians, <laughs> but like, you just get a bucket of water, sploosh. All right, meat's up. You know? I mean, you're not you're not wrong, but what do they taste like? Are they just ninety nine percent water? Are these fluffy bags of liquid? Yeah, they're like water. They're like watermelon. They're furry watermelon. Yeah. 
<laughs> yeah. Oh. Do they just pop? <laughs> Can we solve world hunger with Mogwai? That's another question. There we go. There we go. I think we can solve it. Just piff one wow. into the ocean. See what happens. <laughs> just that's the the ocean out there where we farm all the food from this giant ocean. It's the, the ocean made of solid mogwai. <laughs> oh, wow. Makes you think. <laughs> really, think. really makes you think. Anyway, uh, the gremlins have all turned into eggs. They're, they're, they're going through their metamorphosis stage, you know, yeah. their natural life cycle. And that, that sequence is done really well, like just the how disgusting those those eggs look. Oh, yeah, they're like alien eggs. Yeah. Yeah. They're like, yeah. They, they gave strong alien vibes, like, don't touch these eggs. Definitely. And the first thing any character does is put their face directly over oh, it. Absolutely. Even in this movie, they put their <laughs> yeah. face directly over the White egg. people, it's guys. It's all very slimy as well. They're all gooey. There's a quote, because they go to the teacher, and the gremlin in the teacher's, uh, in the teacher's lab has also gotten itself turned into an egg and they're talking about like a metamorphosis and and what is happening and pete says uh in response to the teacher saying he's going through changes a lot of changes <laughs> pete says just like my mother which is ah <laughs> uh, what <laughs> what a quote oh good on you pete yep anyway they all hatch. Mm. They wreak havoc in the bedroom, in the house. <laughs> in the bedroom. In the bedroom. In the... I bet they do. <laughs> they wreak havoc in that bedroom, all right. Oh, yeah, there's so much water, you wouldn't believe. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> Moisture. Um, <laughs> it's, there's some incredible shots in that first sequence where, you know, um, mm. Billy's mum is in the house alone. So you've got the shadow, the silhouette mm. of the gremlin's head coming up. Just beautifully, like the head's the last thing to tilt up just in the shadow and then it fades away and the music's great with a it's just really and so that first shot is just you know the gremlin sitting there on the bench eating gingerbread men <laughs> yeah absolutely there's also this scene with the teacher as well who's in the mm. classroom and he has to turn off the projector that's currently running turns away the projector turns back on again Burn it's pr pretty classic stuff but it's yeah very very well directed beautifully directed yeah, yeah 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 and like the hand coming out and getting the is it the reese's pieces or no that's an et it's some sort of some sort of bar yeah oh speaking of et there is a moment where um billy's mum goes on the phone and, and is like there's some weird stuff happening in the house and one of the gremlins pulls the phone cord loose while saying phone home. <laughs> yeah. yeah, by the way, mum, kind of a badass. Oh, yeah. In a lot of these scenes. See, that's pulls the thing. a knife and just... When, yeah, when does that, yeah, when does that happen? Because you've got like the, the... Is it the blender first? There's the blender first, yeah. Make a nice slushy. And, mm. and then... <laughs> And then she just stabs another one? Yep. yep. She stabs one to death. And then it's the microwave? Yep. Yeah. Because yeah. you're there going, okay, Blender, that's kind of cool. Microwave's cool. No, and then she just gets a butcher's knife and just stabs. <laughs> just yep. not, not, no creativity, no Looney Tunes thing here. It's just a case of, no, let's just stab this thing. She, she could probably take them all single-handedly, I think. <laughs> she's wrecking them. Yeah. Just give her a Kentucky Harvester and she'll be <laughs> going at them. And then, yeah, she goes into the... 
living room one's hiding and the Christmas tree jumps out, attacks her, the writhing around on the ground, almost being strangled as well. Like it's very mm. violent. It is. Using the using the Christmas decorations, isn't it? Or Yeah. Yeah, yeah. This is this is one of the scenes where I like as a young person I was like, Oh god, this is horrifying. <laughs> Ah, I don't want to be strangled to death by a gremlin creature. And really good mm. narrative stuff as well. Like earlier on, when the when they establish the home, they establish the sword always falls off when you shut the door. <laughs> yeah. And so Billy comes home, sees his mum being strangled. He shuts the door, bang, the sword falls down. He goes, oh, "There's my weapon." It's literally like a sword on the mantelpiece. Literally, <laughs> literally, like yeah. the Winchester. Okay, yeah. dogs can look up. Absolutely. But Stripe escapes into the night. Never to be seen again. Yep, and that's the end of the film. Well, um, until the next scene. Can I just say, that shot of Billy, like, chopping the the gremlin's head off, and it lands in the fire, and it's, like, screaming Mm. as it's on. Oh, my God. (laughs) Yeah, horrifying. (laughs) Horrifying. Family film, by the way. Family film. As a kid, I'm going, awesome. He deserved that. Don't you dare strangle mum. But then here I'm going, how can you show kids that? It's like the kids are going, yeah, get the gremlin. The parents are going, oh my god, that gremlin. Ah, so violent. Ah. He's just going through his natural living process. <laughs> he was just trying to evolve to the next stage. It's part of a natural cycle. Stupid white people. Ah. <laughs> that, involved, that involved strangling a poor mum. Yeah, and as a common uh, trait, sadly, in an '80s film, uh, the black guy gets killed very quickly. Yeah, mm, yeah. teacher, he gets a needle in his butt. Yes, he does. Yes, he does. Yeah. Billy and Gizmo they team up to go and find Stripe. We do also uh, in this sequence cut to the dad. He's at a invention convention, and there's this robot that's just walking around. <laughs> that is Robbie the robot from the original Lost in Space. Thank you very much. It is. Wow. Yeah. And there are cameos in there up the boot. You can see Steven Spielberg drive past in the bicycle. I love that bike. That's yeah. Good. yeah. Is it the same voice as Lost in Space? Yeah, same guy. Yep. Yeah, that's good. Marvin Miller. There's some good lines. He says, uh, Would you care for a coffee, sir? I barely use it myself, <laughs> sir. It promotes rust, which is good. It's a cute moment where he's there going, how's the convention going? He goes, um... Yeah, everyone's a bit more advanced than I thought it would be. <laughs> so you've got Robbie the Robot. <laughs> yeah. You've got the Time Machine. I think the Time Machine from the original uh, Rod Taylor films in the background as well. So. <laughs> yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. It's good. It's yeah. a fun moment. He does, as a character, he does feel like he's in a completely different movie a lot of the time. But it's great. It's so funny. <laughs> he's a great ca- character. Um, they follow Stripe's footsteps to the YMCA. And there is a giant pool there. Stripe, he jumps into it, creates an entire army. That shot of how they, like, the mist and the smoke and the lights and the bubbling in the pool is mm. amazing. It's so, so yeah. scary. It's so beautifully shot. It looks incredible. It does. Yeah, it's really good. Like, the water is just boiling as well. It's phenomenal. Yeah. Would that happen to an ocean? If you chuck the bottle <laughs> out there? I'm just saying. Sorry. Just saying. I'm just putting it out there. Yeah. I'm just putting it out there. Like, is that going to cook the Fish? Is it hot in there? Is it just bubbly? <laughs> what's what's going on? How does this work? What's the science behind Mogwai? Yeah, yeah, that's good. That's good. Let's look at the science of this whole thing. Yeah, abs- absolutely. Can- How is it mitosis? Why is it metamorphosis? I want to know. Where's the hard facts? Yeah. Can they live in water? Can they? They're being born in water. And they're not, like, I think they might be aquatic creatures to be able to literally come to life surrounded in water without having to come up for a breath until they're fully grown. (laughs) Mm. 
it's it's questions like these, you know, that need answers. That need answers, <laughs> definitely. It's almost like we need an animated prequel coming to HBO Max next year. What? <laughs> <laughs> no. <laughs> um, uh, Billy, he runs off to the police And these police guy <laughs> just, let's just talk about the police For a second Because he rocks up, he tells them stuff One of the police is like You reckon this kid's drunk? The other police responds with No, but you are <laughs> The police are just drunk on the job Well, yeah Christmas, they got that eggnog, you know. But Christmas is one of the highest. Like, there's so much crime on Christmas. Ah, mm-hmm. uh, yeah. Not in, not in Kingston Falls. Not in this small town. Not in this small, yeah. Not in Kingston Falls. Kingston Falls, the cops are okay to drink eggnog and get pissed and then die in a <laughs> horrific look, fire. In the nothing car. ever happens in this town. There's no crime. There's nothing. Nothing ever bad happens here. <laughs> what could possibly go wrong? Yeah, what could <laughs> possibly go wrong? Let's just get smashed. Yeah. <laughs> Absolutely hammered. Montage of the Gremlins being mischievous. Da, 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 da. Crushing people with a giant harvester. Da, 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 da. That is a great scene where it just plows mm. straight through a wall. It looks excellent. Yeah. Except he doesn't die, doesn't he? Because he nope. comes back in the second one. Well, they do mention stuff at the end. So all the stuff you're worried mm. about in the end while um, Billy's walking around with um, uh, with Kate, you hear the radio playing and so goes, you know, we are, the news up. Yeah, the news, you, you hear that they're still alive in the in, in Right, the yeah. So, and that Pete survives because he's on the radio talking to Rock and Ricky and saying... Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, it, it does cut away very cleanly, like, before anything happens, you know. Yeah. So it's very believable that something could have happened and they live. Like, they jump out of the way or whatever. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. Exactly. Oh, there's this one scene where they're messing with the traffic lights and you get a shot of a red traffic light. And I'm just going, is this Twin Peaks? I've been watching a lot of <laughs> Twin Peaks recently. As I know that you have as well, Robin. I'm just like, this means something. This must mean something. What's going on? Anytime I see a red light now from a red traffic light, I'm there going, what's it mean? It's got to mean something. Um, what's that horse doing in the living room um what's the horse what is the horse doing in the living room we don't know yet we don't know gremlin put it there there. when you've got that sequence of you know hearing the sounds of the cars crashing and smashing and just the reflection of the like the fire on the gremlin's faces and watching it just in glee and delight just little moments like that really good artistic Mm. horrifying moments (laughs) exactly what Crossover between these gremlins and the stressed guy from Toxic Avenger. Just <laughs> doing oh. awful things and laughing constantly. <laughs> uh, back at the police station, another quote I quite like. They are going to head off, investigate what is going on, and we get these lines of dialogue. Um, Let me drive. No, you're drunk. Ah, oh, but you always get to drive. It's because I'm the sheriff, asshole. <laughs> <laughs> More gremlins mischief. They're singing carols. Outside Mrs. Deagle's house. Oh, that's so hilarious. Oh, yeah. And she had the water. She was going to throw them with water. I'm going, don't throw the water. water. (laughs) There's that line later on as well where um, I think over the radio, someone's like, the guard or the police or the army are here with their hoses. They're going to hose them off. (laughs) That that sequence with Mrs. Deagle and her demise is beautifully done as well. And uh, Polly Holiday does such a great job at really making you believe in how horrified and terrified she is. And then it changes all when they short-circuit her. 
<laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. And it just goes flying out the window. So just in a second, you can go from sympathy for this character. Well, you're, you're, you're laughing at her first because she's going down this slide and she's talking to her cats like mm. they're real. And you go, oh, she's weird and silly. Then mm-hmm. you see the gremlins and you're laughing at them because they're carol singing. And then you're feeling mm. sorry for her because she's being menaced by these creatures. And then she flies up at rocket speed up the stairs on this uh, <laughs> thing and flies out the window. And then you're laughing at her. It's a range of... It's yeah. a rollercoaster of emotions, boys. It's a rollercoaster. Absolute rollercoaster. Absolute rollercoaster. Roller Actually, it's a slide, but anyway. <laughs> um, she, she's got to be dead. Come on. At her age, being flung out of a window. The cops are, the cops are dead, and the cops are dead, and Deagle's dead. Yeah. Mm. They're all also at uh, Dory's Tavern having a great time. <laughs> this scene goes on forever, but I love it's it. It's great. so good. I love it so much. There's been a lot of people who are actually saying that um, Gremlins is racially insensitive and that the Gremlins are a representation of American black culture because they're eating fried chicken, because um, mm. they're doing breakdancing and they're listening to hip-hop music. Um, they are wearing sunglasses at night, which is like the, the cliche of uh, black culture in America. So there's definitely um, mm. arguments there. It hasn't got as much traction as some other uh, mm. insensitive representations in other movies, but there, there are some people who, who have taken offence to it and saw that the Gremlins were a representation, uh, mm. a, a, a mocking of mm. uh, African-American culture, which I don't think anybody who wrote it was looking to represent, especially because there's also no. not just hip-hop music being listened to. They are listening to Peter Gabriel and dancing to Peter Gabriel as well. and he's the Which one. is just the <laughs> yeah. evilest of music. And whitest of white music as well. So... <laughs> But it does go on that scene. It just goes on like there's you know there's smoking, there's oh. drinking, there's flashing. They they have a society, and the the longer they live, the the more like civilized they sort of become. <laughs> That's what I'm saying. You know, like yeah, the longer they exist, the more like rational and uh, less less crazy. You know, yeah. That's why Gizmo mm. he's real. He's a real nice guy. He's a real good good boy. Whereas the the fresh. Gremlins out out the pool. They're they're you know going around crashing into things. Exactly, throwing well, old ladies out the window. You know, Kate is in there and she's using the flash on her camera to get away. Very smart. I like I like how in this scene she's just serving drinks and they're like, "Yep, we just have this lady. She's here. She serves drinks. She's <laughs> yeah. cool." This is the thing. They're drinking beer. Mm. Oh, but they're not they're not multiplying. Yeah. Hmm. So compounding beer like hops does that stop them? <laughs> Hops or yeast? It could I mean, be yeast. It could be yeast. I think it's yeast over hops because they're probably drinking lager. So you know. Yeah, yeah, that's true. <laughs> I mean, I don't know. You don't know what they're drinking. They no. could be. Are they drinking different types of drinks? Mm? And none of them does alcohol itself. This is well before cider and craft beer was becoming a thing. So they go, "Oh, is this? A, is this a sour beer? Is this a? Is, <laughs> is this a sour? <laughs> yeah. So, is this a pims? Excuse me. Do you have any IPAs? <laughs> Chocolate raspberry milkshake IPA, please. Thank you. Oh God! Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's it's an uneasy truce between Kate and the Gremlins because you know they want to be still served, but she's not feeling safe. It's it's like the 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 taverns just become like a really shady tavern rather than <laughs> uh, like nice bar. It's just like a a sleazy one where all the bad guys hang out. Yeah, yeah they're all yeah, gangsters yeah. now. It's great. 
I love I love the gangster ones where they're playing poker and then one of them just shoots the other one. Oh, that's a great scene. <laughs> it's, it's great. <laughs> it's so and great. they're all just like, yeah. uh, where do they get the guns from? Yeah, what? I mean, they probably just broke into a gun store, but like still. But they're tiny guns. They're not like normal size guns. They're tiny guns. <laughs> yeah, that is true. I really like the little moments of absolute insanity that doesn't make any sense. So it cuts to a part of the bar where they're playing cards and one gets shot. And then it cuts to this old guy in the corner going, (laughs) (laughs) and then the gremlin comes up with a sock puppet. I just said, going, why? What the? Okay, I'm just, yeah. And a kid, I'm going, yeah, this is, this is, this seems legitimate. Could probably watch like an entire movie of just Gremlin society. Easily. Yeah. Easily. Yeah. Could, yeah that should have been turned right. into a TV series in the late 90s. Absolutely. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. She manages to escape the tavern, meets up with Billy. They go hide in the bank, and that's where we get her monologue um, about how she found her father. Stuck in a chimney. He wow. tried to climb down, pretend to be Santa Claus, and just got stuck in there for a full day. Whoops. How And, and how horrified is poor old Gizmo hearing this story? Mm. Like, you see more emotion on Gizmo than you do on poor old Billy's face at this moment. Yeah, he's like, oh, yep, dead dad, heard this story before, jeez. <laughs> Get over yeah. it. The line right at the end, though, when she's like, and that's how I found out there was no Santa Claus, is just a punch. It's just a punch in your gut. Like, it's it's a good line. Very well-written. Super well-delivered. Yeah, she does an incredible job. She's a wonderful performer. And it's on a Dutch angle. I think it's on a Dutch angle a bit as well. It's, like, lower down, and it's got the flame in front of her. Yeah, it's a a beautiful sequence. Mm, No, it's excellent stuff. Meanwhile, we cut to the gremlins at a movie theater watching Snow White. Watching Snow White, and they love it. They love it. They're sitting there doing nothing. They're just sitting there in the cinema. And then the gremlins up in the the projection booth just cause it to stuff up, and then it starts playing it. And the look on all their faces, they're just going, yeah, we're just happy sitting around and all that type of stuff. And then the movie starts, and they all just look of, what is this? (laughs) Yes. Finally, we have found the evilest object in the universe to surround us. Long-form Disney perfect. film. Yes, perfect. It's just great. And just how excited and happy they are. And they just love yeah. all of it. I love it as well because they're all singing along to hi-ho. You cut to Billy, Kate, <laughs> and Gizmo out in the foyer. And Gizmo is just quietly humming along as well. It's just like, ah, oh, music, I love it. <laughs> Good. Uh, and you've got all the cutaways so you've got you've got the gremlins with the the popcorn bags on their ears mm. and they've got the 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 tubs on their heads and oh it's great but of course then as uh, you know stripe has to go out and get some more popcorn obviously and that's where uh, mm. yeah, 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 yeah. but then he gets he gets distracted by something oh he gets all the candy all the candy he wants more yum yum that's right yeah give me that okay. yum yum that's yum, right. yum 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 and the film cuts out and so they see the shadows of Billy and Kate and they come towards the screen and the shot of the silhouettes the shadows of the gremlins coming towards the screen is so scary Mm -hmm. so horrifying and then they're ripping through the screen and it's just yeah that's the stuff of that so many other lesser creature films tried to capture and they never did it as effectively yeah Uh, yeah he blows up the um, well they all blow up the theater the the explosion is marvelous oh it's, i think it's a miniature it, well definitely is a miniature but it looks phenomenal yes it's a die hard it's, it's a christmas movie 
I'm just saying. They're, they're <laughs> same, same sort of movies, you know? You're not hearing a complaint here. I'm with you. Yeah, yeah. Stripe, he, of course, escapes. He's next door getting candy, survived. And the gang, they see him in this department store and run off after him. Mm. I love Gizmo throughout this whole sequence. Is the best. He's driving around in his little car. And he apologises and he apologises to Barney when he reverses and Barney has to skip feet. Skip his feet. And he like hits Barney and he goes, and drives off again. So he's a, consider- <laughs> he's a considerate driver. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Can I just say, this supermarket not only has guns, but it also sells crossbows. Yes. So doesn't doesn't your one? No, I'm going to the. I'm I'm going to demand that my big W absolutely has a crossbow section for adults and yes, even miniature sized menaces to society. Absolutely. Ah, oh, speaking of which, the visual of Stripe coming at Billy with a chainsaw is horrifying. Isn't it done absolutely. so beautifully? Oh God, it's scary. Yeah, and poor old Billy having to use the baseball bat, all the 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 splinters and stuff. For, oh, it's great. Mm. Um, and then, and then it knocks him away, and Stripe still holding onto the chainsaw, being dragged down the corridor. <laughs> being yeah. dragged down the corridor, yeah, with all the bright lights in his face as well. Yeah, it's good. But he, uh, you know, he finds the high ground. He finds some water. <laughs> don't try it. Don't, don't try it, Billy. I have the high ground. He's standing on this fountain. Gizmo opens up the blinds. Mm. He falls into the fountain and then his skeleton jumps and out and then the skeleton and you yeah. see the skeleton melt and ooze and pop and, oh, oh yeah it's disgusting it yeah. is horrifyingly good because like the, the combo of like all that liquid must be doing like something to his like chemical makeup and then the sunlight which they're vampires so they burn up in that <laughs> so you know mm-hmm. it's no fun and like that one final jump scare thing you know it is a bit of a cliche but hmm. Because of that skeleton visual in this, you completely forgive them because it, it looks amazing. It's so good. Yeah. Just melting away. Oh. And it like bubbles and then it's like bubbling oh. on the ground and like Barney oh. goes to have a look and he goes, Bloo! and Barney goes, I'm out of here. <laughs> yeah. I'm out of here. Yeah. <laughs> I've been threatened to be killed by Mrs. Deagle. I've been hung up. I, I mm. call it quits now and bubbling pus on the ground. Yeah. Yep. Nope. That's, that's, that's where I draw the line. <laughs> We cut to uh, the following evening. The family are all at home and the shop owner from the start of the film, he shows up and it's just like, you did with the Mogwai what you've done with all of nature's gifts. You do not Mm. understand. It's a good line. It's a good way to cap Mm. off the movie. It's a beautiful end and it just goes, you know, you are not ready. Really, really, he should have just said... Fuck you, white people. (laughs) Exactly. God damn it, white people. This is why you can't have nice things, white people. This is why you can't have Mogwai. What do you think of the end? It's kind of cheesy, but when the voiceover is like, if you've got something wrong in your car or your house, it might just be a gremlin. (laughs) It's very cliche, but I love it. Yeah. Yeah, it's fun. It's good fun. Yeah. I just love how he's walking off with, with Gizmo and Gizmo's just so happy to be home and they're talking. It's great. He's yeah. very sad to say goodbye to Billy and Billy is distraught. Bye clearly. bye, woof woof. <laughs> yeah, bye bye, woof woof. Ah, oh, it's good. Mm. Uh, and that is Gremlins. Yay. Here we go. Yeah. What a film. It's a classic. It's fun. It's one that you can just watch endlessly. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. It's probably an oldie from me. It kind of oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> the puppeteering is excellent. It's very fun. Oh. 
the acting's great the whole way through you get a real sense of the fact that this is a real town like everyone's got their own personality it doesn't feel like a bland horror movie setting <laughs> Um, yeah, and it, I think it does hold off, and it has that timeless element to it. It's very much clearly made mm. in the 80s, but it's that representation of almost the mythical Americana um, mm. uh, world of the 80s that, you know, Stranger Things is is all about recapturing. Um, this isn't how is America is remembered in reality. This is how America was in cinema and film yeah. mm. and TV. So, and very much is that pocket and seems timeless as well. You know, you don't need mobile phones. You don't need, uh, you know, all that type of technology or CGI. It's all that case of this. All you need is a bathroom buddy. All you need is the, ba- <laughs> is the bathroom buddy. All this, all the really bad, uh, the disposable, uh, the ashtray, the ashtray. Yeah, which causes... yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. The smokeless, smokeless ashtray. ashtray. <laughs> the smokeless ashtray. A great uh. gift. That, the egg cracking machine that makes a mm. chicken noises every time it cracks. <laughs> yeah. Or the juice maker, the juice maker. The... <laughs> Timeless. I'm ready to get a good. I'll give it. I'll give it the where's where's what's his faces award. Okay. I love puppeteering. I love. Oh yeah. Not CGI. I love. <laughs> I, I know that's a very like. Oh, I hate CGI. Meh, meh, meh. Like CGI is good. I like like Lord of the Rings. That's great CGI, mm. but. If you can't do it well, just do the puppeteering because you've mastered that. It's great. Mm-hmm. Yep. Just, d- just do that. Yeah. Look yeah. at Gremlins. Look at his little face. He's like, ah! <laughs> Gizmo. Yeah, exactly. I agree. I agree. Definitely. And I couldn't find him in this movie, so I, I'm, I'm definitely going to give it. All right. So is it the second Where's Ron Jeremy Award for the year? You know what? Yeah, I think it is. I think I'll give it a Where's, Where's Ron Jeremy Award. Yeah. Where is he? Well, there we go. I didn't see him in this movie, so... <laughs> Back to back, and they were both re- released in the same week. So how about that? Yeah. So there you go. It's a good. It's a good week in 1984. It's a good week, definitely. I mean, Top Secret also came out that week, and that's also pretty good. So have you watched it yet? Not yet. No, I saw. I was going to watch that in Streets of Fire back to back, but I didn't like Streets of Fire, so I just called it a night. <laughs> <laughs> Fair enough. Yeah, Top Secret is hilarious. It's very silly. But anyway, uh, before we pitch our own sequels to Gremlins, there is, of course, as you mentioned, Gremlins Two. The new batch from 1990, same director, same cast. It is kind of a parody of the bigger and better Hollywood sequels. Uh, It currently sits at about 69% on Rotten Tomatoes, so not as positively received, but still quite positive. It was a Mm. box office bomb, though. It it tanked. It cost Mm. about... 50 million made 40, so not very good. Wow. Uh, And that did kind of kill the possibility for a third film, but Joe Dante said that he's always had an idea for a third one. In fact, I think in 2017, he said that there is a script ready and waiting to go if anyone wants to make it. Currently, Warner Brothers have the rights, though, and they are working on an animated series called Gremlins Secrets of the Mogwai for HBO Max. It's going to be set in the 1920s in Shanghai. Wow. So, I can't wait, because I'll finally get my answers. That, yes. The secrets of them. I'll finally get all them. All come out. You'll get all the science you need. There's some, inc- there's some incredible casting in uh, Gremlins 2. You've got um, uh, John Glover who people would know from he played Lex Luthor's dad in Smallville he mm-hmm. was um, yeah. he was the voice of the Riddler in uh, the 90s animated Batman series um, you've got Christopher oh. Lee is in there for a little bit you've got uh, Robert Picardo uh, Dick Miller comes back um, just yeah wonderful 
wonderful cast, but it is that case of everything that you believed in that first film that they took seriously, they dismantle it in the second one. And so for a lot of people, they felt cheated. Yeah. They felt cheated going, I said, they went, I believed in this world. I believed in the mythology created and now you're making fun of it. Um, so yeah. It's very much like uh, Evil Dead 2 or the funny Chucky movies. It's that whole era of let's take things that we took seriously and were kind of scary and make them funny yeah i used to love it as a kid and i'm very interested to rewatch it and see if it holds up i'm sure it does but i will definitely watch it at some point which does lead into an idea we had which was a bonus battle ghostbusters 2 versus gremlins 2 i don't think we're going to do that anytime soon but uh (laughs) it's definitely something that we should look into at some point maybe episode 100 we'll see Mm. Mm. let's pitch our own sequels who wants to go first i have several ideas so i'm just gonna i'm gonna shoot it out at one World War Four. Holy smokes! <laughs> World War Four. You've completely skipped World War Three. Yeah, <laughs> just no. gone straight for four. No, no, no. This is in the super future. This is like right. sci-fi almost. Yeah. Um, but instead of you know soldiers fight this war, we've got Mogwai because they're the best disposable <laughs> units. You can just make hundreds more of them, and they 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 come out wanting to cause mischief and mayhem. You know, you just point them at the enemy. The ultimate weapon. Yeah. The other pitch that I came up with during this was a Mogwai world where it's just like a city where we're in a city. Uh, humans, they all died off by their stupidity. Probably white people. Yep. Um, it's this like abandoned city that uh, the Mogwais have like made their own. So you can see like it was originally a human city, mm. but they've like strung up like highways and stuff between buildings and other things where they've got their own little cars that they're driving around through. Um, and it's just a city of these these gremlins, and one of them's a detective, <laughs> and he he has to solve this this crime that's happening. There's a lot of crimes happening, yeah, but uh, none of them are usually murder nowadays and now that one has happened it's a very rare occurrence so this detective has to the track down and he gets on these these wacky adventures where he's he goes after this the, the mob the the mob why um, <laughs> This sounds awfully similar to Happy Time Murders. <laughs> uh, yes, except less completely awful. Yeah. Um, I did have an idea which kind of starts as a flashback to the main movie with a couple astronauts. Um, they're being sent Ooh. into space to go and investigate <gasps> something. You follow them for a bit <laughs> until you cut to the event um, after quite a disastrous thing on Earth. They come back and... Uh, it's just Planet of the Gremlins. <laughs> it's, just, it's just Planet oh, of the Gremlins. I did not expect this to go the way you said it was going to go. I thought you were going to do Alien. No, 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 no. But it's mock. Planet of the <laughs> Gremlins. Gremlins. There's a movie where uh, James Franco has this gremlin. <laughs> yeah. What's your idea, Rob? Um, my idea is, so it's, uh, it's, it's set now. They get Phoebe Cates and Billy back. Uh, sorry, and um, Zach back, and they mm. play, you know, Billy and Kate settle down, married, living back in Kingston Falls and um, uh, raising their kids. Um, Gizmo's with them, but, you know, Gizmo's getting sick. The only place where they can go, they have to take Gizmo home. So uh, they have to go back to the origins of the, the Mogwai, back to their, their, to their homeland. And, of course, when they get there... Um, 
inadvertently gremlins are, are created and, and, and hilarity ensues, but it's finding out mm. the origins of, you know, and answering all those questions yeah. that make would make Zach very happy. But, <laughs> yes. Yeah. And so, the, but the main thing is at the end, you know, that, you know, Gizmo finds his people. And so he can, uh, you know, he can go live with his people and, uh, and, um, and, and find his, his home within the, the Mogwai community, which I think would be yeah, pretty cool. cute. Yeah. It's time for... Excellent. With me, Gizmo. <laughs> it's a part of the show. Oh, where, no. Uh, I just <laughs> go on Rotten Tomatoes and be like, hey, yo, there's, there's some whack reviews. Because <laughs> it's a guest episode. It'll be a battle off. We had a battle off last week. Was it a tie? Uh, it was a tie. It was yeah. a tie. Yeah. 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 It was a tie. So this week will be winner takes all, I think. All right. <laughs> Uh, I will give them uh, the review, and they have to guess out of five what the score could be. Remember, there's zero point fives. Are we ready? Yep, let's do it. Yes. All right. As a usual thing, I do. I tend to grab small reviews, like try and keep them short and sweet uh, to get through this. But this time, I've made an exception, just Uh-oh. for the very first one. Okay. Wesley says, "My amazement that I ever thought this movie was good." is matched only by the fury I felt towards Gizmo's blockhead owners. <laughs> Was there ever a more clueless, ham-handed bunch of unaware cluts? They are the kind of people who dog-sit for you and return your dog dead. And then a simple, sorry, is all they think is needed if you're just bumped into you a little too hard at the grocery store. Wow, okay. That's the whole review. What do we think he rated the movie? I might go for a three. I'm going to go like half a star. It's half a star. It is Very half a much. Star. He <laughs> hated this movie. What do you mean? He really hated this movie. Wow. JF says, turn off the audio. Plays better as a silent film. <laughs> wow. Okay. Uh, I'll go one. Yeah, I'll go two. You go two? It's one and a half. <laughs> guys, it was, it was right in the middle. <laughs> you were close. You were close. Mr. SD says... It's not what I remembered as a kid, for sure. Explanation mark. Doesn't give us anything. Mm. <laughs> Excellent. Uh, I, I'm going to go negative. I think I'm going to go for a two this time. Ooh. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm thinking that as well. 2.5. Ooh, it's a three. Oh. So close once again. Oh. Wow. You're just skimming these. And now it's time for the debut of the first bonus segment. This is going to be called No, I'm Special and Your Rating System is Wrong. This is the part where I get a load of reviews which just have a different rating system that people put at the end. Because they're special and they know better than a 5 out of 5 system, which is definitely a bad system. Patricia says, Certainly a fun ride through terrible animation and background quality. But yet, the quality of the storytelling is very excellent. 73%. 73%. I'm going to go 3.5. Yeah. 3.5? All right, what do you go? 3.5. It's 3.5. Well, all right. Rated. He says, it may be dated now and its structure cliche, but Gremlins remains a darkly fun and creative film. B minus. B minus. That's a three. It's a three from Sandro. What's what's Lloyd thinking? Yeah, three point five. It's a three point five once again. Ooh, all right, well, all right. Gets that. Tyler says this is a fun, 
killer thriller. What better than green monsters running around and killing people in fun ways? Best Christmas movie ever. Oh. Grade A+. Plus. Oh, it's 5 out of 5, isn't it? Yeah, 5 out of 5. five. It's a 5 out of 5. Easy done, easy done. Ethan says, there's uh, no method to this madness. It all comes across as an incoherent mess. Oh. C-. minus. A 2.5. 2. It's a 2 out of 5. Oh, well done, man. well done. All right. Miles says, a classic starter horror slash comedy. And effects hold up pretty amazing even today. 7.6 out of 10. 7.6, that's a 4 out of 5. Yeah, 4.5. Okay. 4. It's a 4 out of 5. Yeah. Sandra, get this one all this right. time. Well done, well done. All right, all right. And Dolores, finally, with our last one, is one of my favorite movies from my childhood. Emma, 8 out of 10. Lucy, 9 out of 10. Charlotte, 10 out of 10. <laughs> oh, uh, the 29th of the 6th, 2016. <laughs> 4.5. Which 5. is when the review came out, by the way. Uh, yeah, 4.5. It's a 5 out of 5. I don't think it was a com- combination of Emma, Lucy's, and Charlotte's reviews. It was just her own. <laughs> it's just the one person that put it up. Yeah, yeah. Well, at the end of that, I am on 3 points. Rob takes the lead with 5 points. Yeah. And back to the usual reviews. So we say, uh, from person with no username, it's bad, so bad. I would rather eat eight cans of spinach than watch it again. Oh my gosh. A <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I give it a one. Yeah. It's a 1.5 out of five. So I think Zajo gets that one. Vanna says, it's uh, better to go to sleep in your room than see this movie. <laughs> what? Okay. Yeah, it's better to go to sleep. I'm just going to go two Have again. I'll go 1.5. It's a 2 out of 5. Yeah. All right, all right. Tight. All right. And then finally, oh, finally, our last review. Ryan says, Blu-ray edition. Thanks, Daniel. <laughs> <laughs> Is this person rating the movie or Daniel? Because I think Daniel gets a 5 out of 5. Oh, you're giving a Daniel a 5 out of 5? What are you giving Daniel? Yeah, I'll give Daniel 4 out of 5. 4 out of 5. It's a 4 out of 5. Oh, oh, taking the lead. One point yep. with six. There we go. Boom. And that is the end of the episode. Thank you for listening. As always, Rob, plug your socials. Um, yeah, find me on uh, Instagram and Twitter with at uh, Future Robbie, double B-Y. You can find me on uh, Facebook as well, my professional page, Rob Lloyd Actor, my Doctor Who themed page, uh, Rob Lloyd Who Me. Um, yeah, and keep in touch with me that way. Awesome, and also nerd out the show that we do sometimes. Yes, we do. Uh, you can find all that the link in the description. You can keep in touch with us. We have a Facebook page as well as an email, oldiebuddygoodypod at gmail.com. You can follow me on Instagram if you want. S A N D R O F A L C E is my username there. Zach's also on Instagram. Is it Zach Fordham's? Yes. Zach Fordham's. If he gets more followers, he might log on for the first time in a year. <laughs> yep. Uh, what else can you do? There is our YouTube channel. Shout out to all our new listeners who are joining us through YouTube. Thank you very much. Welcome on board. Mm. And uh, that's pretty much all we've got to say. All right. So, Sandra, mm. is, it, is it your pick this week? Uh, yeah, you picked Gremlins. Yeah. yeah, I did pick Gremlins. All right. So, we've got... Uh, a few choices here. We've got um, the Karate Kid. Oh, nice. Um, you may you may have heard of that one. Oh yeah. And then we have uh, Rhinestone. Yep. Dolly Parton bets that she can turn the next person she sees into a great musician. Unfortunately, the next person she sees is Celeste Stallone. <laughs> wah wah wah. <laughs> yeah. So 
the choice is absolute trash and a classic, The Karate Kid. Mm. You watched The Karate Kid last year, right? For our episode on The Karate Kid 4? Uh, yes. Yes, I did. Mm. And it was The Karate Kid. I've watched it like six times, I think. <laughs> so yeah. I, I can remember it pretty well. Yeah, it's a classic. I've seen it uh, so many times, yeah. over and over mm. again. It was always on TV or the VHS was playing. Because, yeah, mm. I used to have VHSs when they were younger. Sure, they're the worst form to watch a movie on, but <laughs> I like the feeling of putting it in the machine. It's a good, it's a good oh, thing. Oh, yeah. Uh, you know what? We've had too many good movies recently. Let's do Rhinestone. <laughs> what? We're not doing Karate Kid? <laughs> we did it last year with the next Karate Kid. We've done this franchise before. That is true. I'm going to regret this. But yeah. Um, every second that you're watching this film and go, oh no, remember that you could be watching the Karate Kid. <laughs> <laughs> but you chose this. I actually mm. had an email the other day from a listener being like, mm. you guys are doing way too many good movies at the moment. You got to do something bad mm. at some point. So, well, so it's their fault. That, that's fair. All right. We'll, we'll, we'll switch it up for you. Let's wrap it up. Our favorite quote from Gremlins. Mine is going to be, yum, 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 mm. uh, Mine would have to be uh, Gizmo singing. Yeah, yeah, and mine would have to be. Uh, this is a fun killer thriller. What better than green monsters running around killing people in fun ways? Best cinema movie ever. Grade A plus. <laughs> Direct quote. Thanks for the Blu-ray. <laughs> Thanks for the Blu-ray. Thanks, Daniel. Thanks, Daniel. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.